0: Dr. Shin Zhang is a doctor and researcher specializing in cognitive neurology. Shin is the 2022 recipient of the Susan and Isaac Wakil John Monash Scholarship Award. She completed a physics degree at the University of Sydney and continued on to a medical degree at the same university for which she was awarded first-class honours. She is about to undertake a PhD in neurology in the UK, where she aims to advance the development of dementia treatment. Shin, a very warm welcome to the program.
1: Thank you very much, Justin.
0: Now, as I understand it, you are joining us today from London. How long have you been in London for?
1: Oh, I've been at London for three months now.
0: And what brought you to the UK? This is, this is part of the scholarship, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, the choice of going to the UK, I think, has been made by myself about 10 years ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when uh, as a medical student, I came to London for an um, elective in the, the neurology hospital, they have a very, very famous and well-established neurology hospital here called the National Hospital for Neurology and Neurosurgery, or the, or the short short version of that is the National, or we call it the Queen Square, and uh, it's a it's essentially a site of pilgrimage for Australian neurologists. So we all, a, a lot of us have been here, studied here for a year or a few months. And then there's sort of a lot of talk about it. So I thought, well, back then I had to come and see it for myself. Yes. And after I came, I thought, oh, I have to come back one day. So then, so that was ten years ago, and I'm finally back now. Um, So uh,
0: how are you? How are you finding it being back in in London?
1: uh, London, I I feel has changed in the um, ten years. So, or maybe. I've changed.
0: Maybe a bit of both.
1: It seems bigger. It seems very diverse. There are definitely a lot of great food options here, compared to what I remember back ten years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> and maybe, yeah. And maybe it's um, post coronavirus as well. It feels very busy and happening.
0: Okay, so we're, let's let's wind the clock right back. You were telling me before we started that you're actually born in China. In Beijing, so I'd, I'd like to know about the early years and when you and when you came to Australia.
1: Yeah, so um, so I was born in Beijing, um, which was another very big city, and I my my parents they um, trained as public health physicians in China, and actually they they left me with my grandparents because they came out overseas to study and so I was actually Mm -hmm. brought up by my grandparents up until I left Beijing when I was eight years old and moving from Beijing to Sydney uh, which is where I spent the rest of my time during my childhood wasn't very easy I have to say because I didn't know a word of English there on my first day of school in Maruba Bay, primary so um and and that that was challenging but um and also the weather was very different beijing was often cloudy and and cool and you know sydney beach side was sunny very hot hot. yeah so so completely different um so it took me a few years to get used to it
0: Well, I, I just have to go back. When you were saying you were brought up by your grandparents, wh- wh- where, wh- where were mum and dad?
1: So my mum my was doing a master's initially in the Philippines as part of this okay. WHO health program. And mm-hmm. then she actually moved to Australia to do her PhD. And mm-hmm. my dad actually went to the UK to do a master's.
0: Presumably you've reunited with Mum and Dad?
1: Yes, I did, yeah, so um <laughs> very good. Yeah, that was to reunite with them. so I, I, I think early in my mind I had the idea that travelling for studying is a good thing.
0: <laughs> I bet you had it directly from Mum and Dad. Okay, so you got to uh, so marubra. In Sydney was home for you. Is that right? That's
1: it. That's it. Yeah.
0: Were you a good student? I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes, given given what you've achieved after after leaving school. I'm gonna presume you were a, you were a very good student.
1: Thank you for presuming that. But actually, I think when I came here, I was only eight years old. I think I'm I was just an average student, and mm-hmm. um, I think I think my interest in school probably came a bit later sort of in primary school and early high school to sort of do well. Yes. It took – I was um, – I think I, it took me a while to get interested in different things and I think once I got interested and in, I, I think my first interest was science, I became very obsessive about it. I would read all the books um, and then that moved on to um English, and then and then by the time I got to high school, I was I was much better actually.
0: And so you're in year twelve. Did you know what you wanted to do when you? I mean, everyone's faced with that challenge. What did What was going through your mind when you thought, okay, I'm leaving school? What's next?
1: Yeah. So actually, I I. L- by the time I got to year 12, I had a long list of um, careers. I wanted to do A to Z pretty much.
0: What was, what was, on, the, what was on the list, Shin?
1: Um, I think the first one was science, and it was astrophysics and astronomy. The second was probably architecture, to be honest, and and medicine. Well, the, the problem with medicine was that my parents studied that, so I was quite rebellious at the time. And yes, actually, intentionally did not enrol into medicine.
0: What did they want you to do? Did they want you to be a doctor?
1: Well, well, they were a bit worried about architecture. To be absolutely honest. <laughs> yes. But but I think I think they they didn't mind science. They thought that was you know you know good yeah. groundwork. Okay. Um, Medicine they thought, well, you know, that's a that's a very responsible job and I think because they went through it they thought, you know, it had the social and humanity aspect which was quite interesting, but yeah, so so they had they, they had a few opinions but they were very busy with work, so so that kinda of pretty much got to decide for myself.
0: Looking at my notes here, you studied physics and Astronomy, is that right?
1: Yeah, so, so I enrolled in a, a science degree at the University of Sydney and um, I actually did a combined physics and physiology major. So hmm. within physics, I studied astrophysics as my primary number of subjects and then within the physics What is
0: astrophysics?
1: So it's a, a physics way to look at astronomy. So astronomy, which is what I think lots of people... Um, I've heard about is um, yes, looking at stars, yeah. but astrophysics is looking at how stars work, what's the physical principle behind how a star is is making light, for example. So it's sort of going in at it with a more of a, I guess, a nerdy, nerdy approach, <laughs> if you like.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yes. Are there many jobs in astrophysics? I mean, I don't know in astronomy.
1: Yeah, so so it's not bad because in Australia it, it is a big focus, and um, I think there are um, there's a strong tradition of astrophysics in Australia um, because we are quite strong in particular when I was studying at radio um, astronomy too, um, because Australia you know was relatively radio quiet. Mm -hmm. So lots of um, observatories were set up there. So, so I think I I could have continued, but but I was quite young, and I wanted to try everything. So that was one of the things I did.
0: And so, how? Okay, I mean, that's that's amazing. How did you then end up in medicine?
1: Yeah, so so that that was quite a long journey actually, and and um, uh, because I really wanted to be sure that I was doing it for the right reasons, um, because lots other of my friends, it, it, lots of people were applying to get into medicine when I was young. Um, so so actually, I think the thought about the medicine and the humanities came when I was actually studying astronomy and I I came across this principle called the anthropocentric model of the world, of the universe, and it's sort of talking about how we're looking at the universe but through the eyes of humans, through our perspective. I thought, wow, okay, so that's really important, you know, how people think. And um, so that kind of made me start to look more – inwards um, and I realized that I really actually like talking to people so so even when I was studying astronomy and astrophysics I was working at Sydney Observatory where I was talking to lots of members of the public okay so then I thought okay well I'll just try medicine give it a go maybe maybe I'll like it and if I don't I can always do something else
0: you finished your degree and then you thought okay what's next
1: yeah so I finished my I finished my uh, science degree and I thought okay yeah what's what's next what's um I'll just um, jump
0: into medicine hmm.
1: jump into, and I did um to be absolutely honest I did take a year out to try architecture just to make sure I wasn't going to oh, did you? yeah that. okay
0: and and how how was that how'd you find it
1: uh I, I liked it as well but coming from a science background I was I think it did seem more subjective to me and and I wasn't able to sort of cross that line anymore. So (laughs) I came back to something (laughs) science but applied.
0: Okay. Yep. And then you thought, right, medicine, jump straight in. And how long was that degree?
1: Ah, so the the degree um, is four years and then the training for medicine, so afterwards, so working and learning at the same time, that's, um, I think, eight years now. Wow. I just finished my neurology specialization um, training last year.
0: And so tell, tell me about that. So you've moved into neurology and you're specifically looking at dementia. I mean, that is a massive field of interest um, for everyone. So I'm keen to know more about that, how that developed.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, I think I always wanted to do neurology when I went to medicine and um, I, I I don't know if you've heard of Oliver Sacks he's this um writer who's passed away now in psychiatry and neurology and he always made his um neurology patient cases very interesting it's always about the human experience you know what mm-hmm. would happen if you know you couldn't recognize faces you know what would your experience be things like that so so um I thought I thought that was a great way to see the world so I've always wanted to do neurology and neuroscience. Um, it took a lot of determination, though, because there was definitely a lot of temptation as I moved through medicine. Oh, what about another subject? Or um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, you but, cast uh, a big net. Yes,
1: yeah, I tried psychiatry for a, for a little bit, but I think I think neurology is sort of a perfect blend of applying the hardcore science. So we had to know quite a bit of. The, the anatomy of the brain but then talking to patients and, and you know a patient might say well I, I can't um, you know put you know a visual scene together I can't sort of tell things apart and I will be able to say well okay that makes sense from an anatomy point of view because you know that part of your brain is not working so I think that's really interesting and then through sort of your own Understanding of science and talking to patients and listening to them, you can kind of help them understand what's going on mm. um, and make sort of make peace with it uh, and work from there. So I think that's that's. It's really meaningful to me.
0: And how, uh, Shin, did the scholarship come about?
1: Okay, so I was – I really wanted to do a PhD and I've always wanted to do one ever since my mum started doing her back when I was
0: (laughs) – Yes, okay. Back Um, to mum.
1: Back to mum. So – and finally I finished, I was finishing my neurology training so the opportunity opened up, I now have a bit of choice in what I wanted to do. So then I was looking at scholarships because going overseas as an Australian to do international PhD is not easy. There's international student fees and so forth.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, Understood.
1: Yeah. So so I browsed the internet and I came across John Monash the foundation and I was just blown away by um, what it offered. It was it seemed too good to be true, but it was. (laughs) I think it
0: is. Yes. (laughs) And what did you think? Okay. Well, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a shot at this.
1: I thought I'm gonna have a shot at this. Lots of people told me, oh, you know, that's. Too competitive, you know, not not sure. But um, I just sort of kept going, and I, I got it. And so
0: amazing. And so what's so what's the plan? So that's clearly brought you to the UK for a PhD. So what's where does where do you go? When do you start? How does it all come together?
1: Yeah. So so I am I am trying to sort out the logistics of that right now. Now that I'm in London, um, it is. I think a, a, a neurology or a, a medical PhD could be potentially trickier to organise than a, um, another sort of PhD by coursework or another sort of PhD by research because um, we uh, I'll be seeing dementia patients and so part of that project will require me to work as a doctor in some degree. So I'll have to get an affiliation with a hospital and an affiliation with a university and there's sort of potentially lots of contracts involved.
0: So are you are you working as a doctor at the moment?
1: Yes, I am. So right now I I have um, come back to the National Hospital for Neurology and Neurosurgery, um, and I'm doing a, a fellowship at the moment that's been given to me by um, Australian New Zealand Association of um, Neurologists. It, it's a... Um, it's it is a very sought after fellowship actually, and it does. It's a it's a clinical fellowship where I get to be introduced to the hospital affiliated with the University College London, where potentially I could do a PhD with.
0: Okay. Um, yes.
1: And and then so um, it gets me a a doctor role. Uh, and I get to know how the healthcare system work here and sort of the culture of the people here. So I think that's all very important for gearing up for a clinical PhD.
0: What are the, um, what are the noticeable differences between the healthcare system in, say, England from, from that in Australia?
1: I think England has more of a public approach in their NHS uh, healthcare model. So there's a, quite a few differences. Actually, it's more integrated. There are p- private clinics, but it's quite it's quite uncommon. But what's similar with Australia is that the complex patients mostly go to public hospitals. So the public hospitals um, are still the places to train and um, train in. Uh, so there's. Mm-hmm. Differences and similarities there, but the, the the doctors and nurses here they they work very hard. They're very dedicated, very um, inspiring.
0: Of course, and so I understand dementia treatment and, and further study is very close to your heart. Tell me about that.
1: Yes. Yeah, so sorry, I didn't haven't started talking so much about dementia yet. So uh, dementia is, I think, one of the last frontiers of of medicine in my mind. It's a bit like astronomy and astrophysics is you know there's so much that we don't understand about it and it it is not very easy to study because people are alive and if the brains are you know well within their skull so it's very It's you have to study the brain indirectly you know through measuring behavior or doing you know mris ct scans um so um and and currently unfortunately we haven't found a cure for dementia
0: no no are we are we are we close are we where are where, where are we at on that journey
1: yeah so i think we're getting close but the problem with dementia is it's such a complex entity so it's, a, it's mm. a bit like how cancer was i think back many decades ago you know there's not just one type of cancer there's many different types and that's the same thing with dementia you know there's the familiar ones that we, we heard about like alzheimer's disease disease yes. disease but there's also rarer dementias dementias where we find a gene um, responsible for there's young people Younger than 65 with young onset dementias. So I think. The the probably the trick to trying to find a cure for dementia is actually probably picking off the, the easier <laughs> patients to cure and sort of so not probably not everyone will get the same treatment at the same time. It might be more of a personalised treatment.
0: So once you're diagnosed with dementia, you might not be able to answer this. What what is the what is the prognosis or how how, how does it work from from there?
1: Yeah. So so um, I think every patient will be different. So it will depend mm-hmm. on what stage they are already um, when you see them. And unfortunately, a lot of the time people present late um, with their symptoms. They they might have had nagging memory issues for a year or two before they come. Um, uh, And so it it is hard to say, but at the moment we're looking at generally years, some some are Mm. faster than others. In terms of prognosis and it is a very long journey for the patient and for their carers as well
0: yes so, yes and,
1: it's, and i think that's i think the carers suffer quite a lot
0: of course they do yes it's, it's you
1: know it's meaningful for them too and they they love the patient so um, but but it is, it is tough for them. Are
0: there any treatments, even experimental treatments, on the market that uh, are showing promise?
1: Yeah. So there's been a lots of treatments being trialed right now and in the past as well. I think the most famous and um, recently was a, a drug called aducanumab, and um, which was
0: That's a trial.
1: Yeah, um, and um, uh, approved in the USA actually. Um, and that's, there's been a lot of discussion in Australia and in Europe about whether we should do the same, um, because that the this drug has shown some results, because actually what it's meant to do is meant to mop up um, this protein called amyloid, which is considered bad when it builds up in the brain. And it does do that, it mops up the protein, you can see it on the scans, but um, the patient's when you look at their function and sort of, um, they don't seem to improve really, not that much. So, so then,
0: so it's having like a, you're right, it's having an effect um, physically on the brain, but for the patient, there's no noticeable difference.
1: Yeah, very hard. It's very contested, and and it's quite an invasive treatment. Um, so you know you have to be hooked up to um, a drip, and it's um it uh, it's a bit like um, some of the treatments you might get for cancer as well. Mm. I, I, mm. I imagine that's how a lot of the medication for dementia might start out anyway. So so the, the debate for it is that, well, it's, you know, we should try it and then we'll get the infrastructure in so that when we have a more effective treatment for dementia, you know, we've already got the infrastructure ready. But then the, yes. the cons is that, Patients with dementia, they are keen for any drug. And if you give them an option, most of them will say, we'll, we'll try it. Go. But yeah. what if it doesn't work? So, yeah, so that's, I think, where the debate is. And I think that my um, uh, college, um, the Anzan, uh, well, is actually hopefully going to make a statement very soon about that. So...
0: So, who's who's which which part of the world is 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 the leading force in trying to find a cure for for this? Is it is it in Europe? Is it in the UK? Uh,
1: so, I think I think that the main centres are US and U- Europe and UK. Yes, I think that that in the English speaking world, definitely US and UK.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but in the non English speaking world, there's also lots of other attempts as well. Um, uh, Australia, I think we have trials as well, um, but we often take part in them along with the other countries.
0: I see. And so is this something you'd like to investigate in your PhD? Is this going to be the focus of your further studies?
1: Yes, I, I hope so. So for me, because of my background and interest in physics, I always thought that I'd be better at sort of the physical parts of um, dementia diagnosis. And that the problem with dementia is that right now um, – uh, as evidenced by this recent drug, it's very difficult to measure response to drug treatment. Um, you know, a lot of the measurements are just questionnaire based and and you know some days people will feel better, some days people will feel worse. It's very hard to be very precise with assessment of dementia that way. So I think, What I want to do is try to have this more objective measure of brain function, and we can do that by looking at sort of um, uh, electrical activity of the brain, magnetic activity of the brain, um, things like that, which were sort of more, more steady state. So mm. then, for example, if we do have the next drug that potentially could work, the patient we could measure the patient's brain function before taking the drug and then measure it afterwards, and then we might be able to have a better answer than asking the patient and their carers if they've gotten better.
0: And tell me, Shin, once you um, – let's, let's sort of fast forward a little bit. Once you uh, hopefully finish your studies – in the uk is it your intention to continue working there um work in another part of the world come back to australia do you have a do you have a plan yet
1: well right now i i do miss australia already i'm a bit homesick so i definitely only been
0: there for a couple of months
1: yeah that's right but i am (laughs) um australia is a beautiful country and and i intend to come back and my parents are also there so so um, and there's a lot to do there as well, professionally. So
0: we need you. We need you back here.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and, and I, I've, you know, I've worked in Sydney and New South Wales for so long that um, I've really gotten to the local, local communities. So I want to come back and help those communities out, if possible, with dementia care.
0: Yeah. Well, Shin, um, thank you very much for coming onto the show today. It's been a real honour talking with you. You're a a champion and uh, thank you so much for your time and we wish you all the very best for your studies and the years ahead. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much for your time too, Justin. Thank you.